welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs, and with me as always is... I'm Chris Garzelli. And... Rob Morphy. Thank you for joining us as always. The social medias, the Instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Leave us off some ratings and reviews on the iTunes and Apple Podcast apps. That helps us out greatly. Be sure to check out our Big Cartel shop, mm. uh, which is uh, kryptonautpodcast.bigcartel.com. We got some super awesome enamel pins for sale. We got some koozies. We got some stickers. We got our T Public shop where you can get some sweet, sweet gear. Totes. Mm, gear. We have totes for sale, Rob. Ah! We have totes for sale. So be sure to check all of that out. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get started this week with Delta Dogs. Oh, that sounds like an army. It surely does. It thing. sounds like uh, an army designated group of canines. Oh, yeah. That are probably like rats of Nim, super intelligent, and they're going out and doing secret missions, mostly probably thwarting demons. All right. I will tell you this. It is not that. Mm, okay. <laughs> it, well, when I make the movie, will it? Oh, there you go. All right. So let's get started with. Near the end of the 1950s, in the wee hours of a bitter January morning, a devoted mother was driving through a violent snowstorm in order to visit her son. Although the visibility was near zero, she managed to catch sight of a piece of technology that was beyond her understanding and what's worse, she also spied the mind-boggling beings that were apparently occupied with this massive vehicle. Indeed she did. Jeez. All right. On February 12, 1966, the Syracuse Post-Standard published an astonishing report about a local woman identified as Mrs. N.L. Collins, who claimed to have a run-in with the unthinkable while driving through an all-but-white-out blizzard on the New York State Thruway back in January of 1958. Shout out Syracuse, New York. What's up, hometown heroes? Uh, Whiteout Blizzard is pretty standard. Yeah, it's what we live in. <laughs> According to the account, at approximately 1.30 a.m. on the night in question, Collins had slowed her vehicle to nearly a crawl as she warily negotiated the treacherous ice-sheeted Interstate 90 en route to visit her teenage son at an unspecified army base. With her eyes just barely able to make out the edges of the now-deserted, snow-smothered road, the only thing this mom longed to see were her son and the sign indicating the exit that would lead her to him. Her desperation was increased by the fact that she was now convinced that the throughway ahead must be closed due to the total lack of oncoming headlights. So we're talking fucking desolation. Oh, I've yeah. been there. I've been yeah. on, the, I've been on all... this exact throughway yeah. coming back from Batavia from a comic convention where there was nothing on the other side, just me in like another little tiny car. Yeah. And, and, and the and occasional hope. abandoned car. Like, I yeah. mean, we, we have a combined decades of experience driving yeah. in upstate New York, horrible winters. And so this is something we can absolutely identify with. The thing I always remember, every time you drive in, in an extremely bad situation, it's like fucking being Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon. Every As time. As the snow flies yeah. towards yeah, exactly, you, exactly. Yeah. you're fucking going into like hyperspace immediately. And and I always end up waking up the next day with like a fucking jaw ache because I'm like yeah, just you're fucking tense. grinding my teeth. Fucking, yeah. You lean forward so your fucking neck is completely arched and aching as if somehow that'll help you see through the fucking <laughs> no, blizzard but, but ahead. You can't, you can't yeah. help it. You're grabbing everything. It's and a, if yeah. you've never driven the snow like that, you, you cannot use your high beams. Oh, no. no. That, because the, the light blind. reflects off yeah. the snow. So you exactly. have to, first, so you, your sight is just... Shit. You're looking for like the side of the road lines yeah. just to give you some indication you're on the fucking road. Yeah. So we know what she's going through. Yeah, we've all absolutely. been there. 100%. It is fucking scary in short. And, uh, and so it's even weirder, specifically to Mrs. Collins' point, to not see cars coming. So you assume it's just 
there's nothing ahead. It's oblivion. It's like driving into Stephen King's The Mist. Yep. Although her concentration was wholly focused on trying to keep her car from sliding off the ice cake throughway, Collins was relieved that there was a brief respite from the whiteout conditions. This relief would prove to be short-lived, however, as she spied what she believed to be the wreckage of a downed plane in the median between the lanes. Whoa. That's just, you know, bad enough, all the circumstances we're talking about. All of a sudden, I'm driving up on a fucking plane crash. <laughs> Yeah, not what you want to see in the through when Just wreckage, right? But no like fire or just, just no fire. Just, just what looked what like looks like a just... crumpled, dark hunk of uh, All right. wreckage. I guess. Okay. All right. Wreckage. This is what she had to say. As I drove carefully along, I suddenly saw what appeared to be an airplane wreck on the center parkway. A large shape was visible, and a slim rod, at least fifty feet high, was illuminated and getting shorter, as though it were sinking into the ground. Mm. I'm not sure which plane has the fifty-foot antenna. Yeah, but it's sinking fast. Okay, okay. all right, it's going well, down. Yeah, going down. Going down to ship. Before she could even consider the implications of a plane sinking through the snow and perhaps even the earth, Colin's car abruptly stalled on the windswept stretch of road she described the increasingly eerie scene. My motor slowed down, and as I came closer, my car stopped completely by itself. I became panicky and tried desperately to start it as I had no lights. So on top of it all now, darkness. <laughs> not good. Solid darkness. No, nope, not good. My only friend. Yeah. <laughs> as terrifying as it must have been for her to be stranded and alone on an icy expressway in the dead of night, Colin's concern for the possible passengers in the downed plane motivated her to open her car door. But just as she was reaching for the handle, she suddenly noticed movement by the quote unquote wreckage without warning two inhuman figures seemed to emerge from the snow and without the evident aid of ropes, pulleys, ladders, or even a fucking jetpack, they slowly floated <laughs> upward working their way around the pole. So this 50 foot in sinking pole. Okay, all right. Two things come out inhuman okay. of the snow. <laughs> it's okay. dark and they're moving their way up. Okay, no Boba Fett technology present. All right. Evidently. Well, that she right. she probably doesn't know Boba Fett, so It's true she doesn't. This is this is what Collins recalled. It's clones. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly clones. It's, it's totally clones. clones. Yeah. My first thought was to get out and see what was happening, but I suddenly saw two shapes rising around the slim pole, which was still growing shorter. They were suspended, but moving about it. Collins described these bizarre, gravity-defying, hexapetal creatures, stating, They seemed to be like animals, with four legs and a tail, but two front feelers under the head like arms. Fucking weird. Weird, right? yeah, we're okay. Sense weird? Strange. Yeah. Hexapetal. And that's six. Yeah. Okay. While compiling research for his seminal 1988 UFO book, Dimensions, A Casebook of Alien Contact, famed astronomer, author, and ufologist Jacques Vallée, mm, friend Vall of the pod, Vall 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 but one we admire intensely, was contacted by Collins, who at the time, which means pre-1966 when this was published in the Post Standard, asked to remain anonymous. It has been suggested that it was during these interviews that Collins may have offered a more complete description of these presumably alien animals, which have come to be known in some circles as alien dogs, and, though I'm not fucking sure why, Delta dogs. Okay. I, I don't even understand dogs. Yeah, like, they're, they're hexapedal. Yeah, yes. Delta they're hexapedal. dogs. 
Whatever their original source, some of these additional details have been captured in the form of an illustration, which I have right here, by Harry Trumbor in Patrick Yugi's ceaselessly entertaining 1960, 1996, excuse me, tome, The Field Guide to Extraterrestrials. Of course, we're going to post this so our listeners can also see it. Okay, let's paint this picture. These creatures were said to be about four feet tall and six feet in length. The back portion of the entity resembled a hairless dog with a long tail and four canine-like limbs that terminated into uh, almost sloth-like three-toed claws. Okay. So back of the back creatures essentially kind of an emaciated dog. Wait, long wait. thin tail. Are, are we? Is this this guy explaining it? This now, is his, his interpretation of what she. This is me explaining it based on what I read in Jacques Vallee. His interpretation of what she saw. Yes, but also the illustrator's interpretation the in, of what she saw. Of what she saw. Okay. So what I want to make that. I want to make that clear. I. This is me describing what she saw based on her the literal description that appeared in the Post Standard. Okay. The description that appeared in in Jacques Villiers' right. book. Fine. And the illustration that appeared in Patrick Yugi's book and okay. other online sources that just seem to randomly interject things. So it's literally a jigsaw puzzle of fucking random sources, and you're right to point that out, Chris. And it's just I just want to make sure, because it even confused me. I'm like, wait, who are we talking about now? Yeah. No, we, we're doing... Were we just the conception ourselves? <laughs> no, we're... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right, just we're talking sure. about Uncle Rob doing his best to filter all the no, online no, sources. No, no, it's not you. There's just, there's just okay. names, and then it's like yeah. somebody comes along and does a thing, and then somebody else comes along, I know. and I'm like... It's my fault. Well, it's not my fault. I, I always try to cite the sources I come to no, because that, you got to give those people props. All right. Well, I'm going to show you the photo after I describe it to you. Okay. So it'll make it easier for you guys and uh, and hopefully our listeners will be able to have seen it the moment they hear this. All right. Cool. Okay. So four feet tall, six feet long. Yes. The back portion is kind of like a hairless dog with a long tail and like standard dog legs terminating in like sloth, like three-toed claws. Okay. Okay. The foreportion of the beast looks, for the life of me, like an anthropomorphic tardigrade. It fucking really does. There is no evident neck, and its huge rounded head simply emerges from its shoulders. The creature's face also reminds me of an embryonic human with large eyes, nostrils, and a slit-like mouth. Unlike its quadrupedal hind legs, the so-called delta dog's forelimbs lack any hands or digits or anything else that could be used for grasping, and come to arthropod-like points. Hmm. The organism's epidermis has been characterized as being either smooth or covered in nearly undetectable wisps of hair, resulting in some believing that this creature is essentially mammalian, though, I mean, if it's an alien, who the fuck knows? But, you know. Yeah, that's an assumption that you're yeah. like, oh, it's mammalian. So here's my ba- here's my basic fucking breakdown. I mean, it, just, it seems like a, wi- a wild it seems like a wild <laughs> assumption. Clearly, a mammalian. Like, well, it's coming out of a fucking ship and up a pole. How many mammalians are going up a fucking ship and out a pole? Father, what is it? It's a mammalian. It's a mammalian. Oh, I killed Chris. Oh man. Oh, Chris lost his last lung. His last working lung. All right. So here's here's my essential fucking breakdown of this. It's like. It's as if a dog humped a mantis shrimp and their love child married a fucking tardigrade, resulting in an unholy union that is pooch slash shellfish slash water bear 
slash centaur. Oh God! <laughs> water bear and centaur. Really? I'm going to show okay. you guys the picture now. All right, yeah. So I don't. I don't see, even know. We will see if I, uh, in any way, shape, or form, accurately capture this. Is this is a go. I mean, we, we've had I have some sort of an idea, but we've I had some pretty think. bizarre descriptions of a, it, of aliens. But doozy. this is. This is definitely. It's a uh, doozy, my friend. Oh my! That look. This looks uncomfortable. It does not seem biologically uh, sound. No, it doesn't. It seems Jesus. as if this thing is awkward as fuck. And and bear in mind, this four by six foot fucking thing is floating around this sinking antenna, no. which I mean, it doing kinda... repairs, enjoying itself, frolicking, and playing f- ring around and the rosy, floating apparently. It's floating. Yeah. Up to perhaps just under fifty feet high. So, I mean, it oh sort of has a, uh, I, I have problems a, with a this. gray, a gray feature to it. Like, well, the, in the, the sense that gray. gray aliens have really simplistic human features. Yeah, they said that big eyes, eyes slits uh, like and a fetal face, which yeah. is just a big eye. Yeah. And yeah. Like a oh, it's definitely a fetal face. Yeah. All right. Well, oh. that's oh. these fetal face the fetal fiends. Fiends. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you're up. He's out robbing me. <laughs> I know. Oh, he's more robbing. Rob. The, the triple oh. alliteration. Oh, oh no. I love it. These right. ferocious, fetal, faceless fiends. Oh, yeah, so my God. It's a quad Syracuse, now. Yeah. Uh, Throughway. Keep, go- keep it going, Mark. I can't. <laughs> I lost <laughs> it. I lost yeah. it. Nestled in the bosom of Syracuse. Oh, it warms the cockles. So these fuckers All right, are so just floating are around. Looking. All right. Poor, poor Mrs. Collins is just standing. Uh, well, not. she's still in her car. She almost got out. She's looking at them, just wondering the fuck, certainly. All right. And we continue. Whatever nebulous pedigree these creatures may have had, their arrival was short-lived, as Collins recalled. Then, before I could even gasp, the things disappeared and the shape beneath them rose and I realized it was a saucer. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. It spun oh, and zoomed about 10 feet off the ground and up into the air, and I could not even see where it went. Okay. All right. All right. Standard ops. This is what happens. So it's yeah. sure. you got a sure. fucking flying saucer with right. a super antenna. Yeah. So it, what that makes me think, all bizarre shit aside, is that it wasn't so much that the object was sinking, but that this is a retractable. Maybe maybe it was a fucking periscope. Yeah, I don't but know. how did it, how did it turn from looking like wreckage into a saucer? Well, what she basically saw, I'm assuming, and this is my assumption, um, a silhouetted hunk of metal that was half obscured in the snowbank. What she assumed was a plane crash was probably just this view. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe the saucer was crumpled up a little. Maybe the saucer hit the ground hard. Unfortunately, that was not elaborated on. But I just think it was not a car. It was too big to be a car, and she couldn't recognize it. So maybe for some reason her mind jumped a plane crash. That's my All best right. assumption. I don't okay. really know though. All right. And then it just At this uh, point, floated away. Well, spun, spun, hovered up, it had to spin. and disappeared from whence she could not see. Okay, even though there was a little break in the blizzard at this point, it's understandable. Uh, yeah, Especially yeah. if this thing took off totally. fast. What happens next? We've all seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, my lights <laughs> suddenly came on. Duh. I started the car, and it was all right, much like the kids. All right, the car was all right. <laughs> kids are all right. <laughs> Okay. Although she could have left at that very moment, Colin's curiosity got the better of her and she decided that she would have to investigate. This is what she said. I pulled up to where the place was, the place being the UFO, got out with a flashlight and walked over to where it was sitting. A large hole was melted in the snow about a foot across and the grass was showing. The grass was warm, but nothing was dug up around there. So unlike 
you know, my personal hypothesis that it was probably a retractable antenna. Right. She was still working under the idea that <laughs> yeah. this thing went all the way down and went all the way up. Okay. With that, Collins sagely decided that she had been through enough for the evening, and she drove to the nearest motel to spend the night. The following day, she made it to her son's post and told him about her incredible experience. But, as is too often the case, the young soldier was not supportive of his mom going public with her sighting. Well, yeah. When I told my 18-year-old son, he cautioned me not to repeat it and looked at me with sympathy, which <laughs> discouraged me from talking about it. No. What she's calling sympathy, I tend to think, is like that sort of pitiful derision, like mom lost her shit. Yeah. She's gone. She's gone soft. Dude, mom's, soft in mom's the head. crazy shit, man. And, uh, and that, unfortunately, it seems like shamed her from talking about it for the better part of eight years. Okay. Well, maybe he's just looking out for her. Maybe he doesn't want her to be, you know, this is what, 66 or 50 something? 58. 58. Yeah, so, no, yeah. so it's, a, well, all right, let's, let's look at it from his perspective a little bit. He's in the military. Right. Um, y- uh, yeah. It's Project Blue Book time. It, 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 the derision that his heaped on flying saucers maybe isn't as acute as it became in like the Dr. Hynek, you know, heyday that was right. soon to happen. But, but it was still a plenty. People were still picking on people that saw little green men and shit. There was definitely yeah. um, a lot of animosity to be had by people that came forward with sightings like this. And, uh, you know, and, you know, following the status quo was the fucking archetype way to live in the fifties. Plus he's in the military. So maybe he doesn't want to be associated with, having crazy in his family at least in his perspective i mean i'm reading a lot into it i honestly don't know what he was thinking that, i'm yeah. just assuming but that he doesn't want his mom to get like a bunch of shit that could be true or, too it could be know? all altruistic all, concern all those things probably yeah. in, in one mm-hmm. yeah all right let's wrap this up it would take mrs nl collins nearly a decade before she would reveal her fascinating and utterly unique story to the world at large But one can't help but wonder how many other stories as astonishing as hers continue to languish in the memories of those individuals who eyewitnessed the events and who were, for whatever reason, discouraged from sharing their extraordinary experiences. That's me soapboxing the lils I want to do. Well, sure. The best stories are the stories we will never hear. The most fascinating encounters, the things that would outdo Roswell and and just, you know, just blow the Patterson-Gimlin footage out of the water are the piece of footage that are still in great grandpa's old sock drawer. Right. And, uh, sure. And, and the stories that just won't get told because people, you know, fear understandably ridicule or, you know, don't want to embarrass their family if they don't care about themselves. And, and it's understandable, but that aside, this case is notable for two different things. I think one absolutely unique creatures, unlike anything I've ever, ever heard of before or, yeah. or read about. And two, it kind of happened in our backyard. Yeah, a stretch of road we have traveled to and from the Niagara Falls area. Yeah, dozens, if not scores of times. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot, which is kind of fun. And there's also, I mean, so that that puts it near like Lake Ontario, right? Yeah, yeah. And there has been some discussion about Lake Ontario USO bases. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the Great Lakes in bases. general, but Ontario yeah. definitely has multiple, a lot of sightings. There's allegedly multiple uh, USO bases in Lake Ontario, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, not to say that that's proof, 
but it's a little bit of an interesting thing. Well, it's definitely not proof. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, it's 100% not proof. There's just no but way we can even... I'm just saying people allegedly say there's underwater UFO bases in the lake that just happens to be next to the throughway that this happened on. So you're saying you think this is 100% extraterrestrial? Well, or not 100% leaning towards it, I should say. Uh, in my... Uh, in my whimsy? In in the whimsy of your child. In the whimsy of my child, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. One of these, uh, one of these, uh, you know, one of these crafts came out of Lake Ontario. It was, you know, it, it was the the blizzard ended up fucking up its trajectory or whatever, and then it kind of crashed real quick into the throughway. They got out, they fixed it, and they're like, God damn it, get going! And they all took off again. Right, and right. Everyone was good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds and everyone good. was good. Everyone was good. Credits. Sounds good. Maybe not necessarily what happened. I think, skeptically speaking, we have to start with the fact that she is driving in a blizzard. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. Going, you know, towards Niagara Falls from Syracuse, which is a hike. It's a yeah. long drive. I mean, Niagara Falls to us, is but she's not three necessarily hours. going towards Syracuse. She's going to wherever the army base. Yeah, but is. If, if but what wasn't she from Syracuse? Or yes. No? Okay, so she's from Syracuse and she's going to Niagara Falls. That's going to be oh, it is a haul. Yeah, I mean, because for us, Ni- uh, Niagara Falls is it's what, between two, two and two and a half. Yeah, yeah from so here for her, it's going to be like three Niagara and a half to four hours. True, hundred percent. So, so considering and, the and the amplify that by what we were talking about, like what you're about to say. Blizzard driving, is, yeah. it's like yeah, dog well, years in driving. Exactly. It takes so much longer. It takes so much more of a toll. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hallucinate, though. You could we don't know little... how tired she may or may yeah. not have been. If she you know, pulled over by the side of the road, but then she would still probably be saying, oh, I pulled over. I didn't want to freeze to death, but I had no choice. The roads were terrible, and I had this hellified dream. Could be. You know, Could a be. lot of people don't mistake their dreams for reality. No. But it's a possibility, and it's one we have to entertain. The other thing that makes me kind of question what's going on, which I hate, again, because I love hometown heroes like this, and I also love absolutely unique and weird creatures, is that that's a pretty detailed look. I know that's that's what I'm having that's an issue with. kind of what throws me. In, like, the worst of weather. And no headlights. And no, Yeah. Yeah. Not she, a blackout. I mean, there might be some street lights going on. No, but so to she pick must out have, that detail. She must have been able to... There must have been enough light for her to get that much detail off of but it. But not enough light that she didn't know it wasn't a plane. It's true. Hmm. See? Hmm. Interesting. But you know what? We are We are going to be fair. We are going to address both sides of it. Okay. Um, I, I still am fascinated by the nature of these creatures. And the two things that pop into my mind almost immediately every time is, first off, what were they doing? I mean, cool <laughs> enough that they fucking can defy gravity. Right. But <clears throat> why are they hovering around this pole? Are they some sort of repair organisms bio robots or something maybe they're just the pilots they could be pilots but they they could be the maintenance people the engineers well if they have their crew I mean did she give a description on how big the ship was I can't can't remember no no okay so uh, maybe this could fall into one of those weird things where the ship is one of those bizarre sizes like 5 by 12 Oh, like five bigger, on, bigger on the outside, bigger yeah, or, on the inside, or, or maybe it's just a, a a bizarre shape that would fit a creature of that she described. I mean, and the thing's well, basically a dog with with arms under its chin. I think so. it had to be at least large enough for her to mistake it for a plane. Okay, I yeah, mean, we, we should assume that if it was okay. just like a, a a four by nine rectangle that looked like I a coffin know. or something. But I mean, she just saw some wreckage, so I think she just assumed whatever the size of the wreckage she saw was part of or the plane. Or she saw a piece of technology that was unrecognizable 
as a plane and too big to be a car. So she assumed because its shape was odd, it must be a wreckage of something familiar rather than the shape it's supposed to be for something unfamiliar. I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, but that would kind of like then she saw that it was a, a saucer. So I'm like, if you, well, saw, if you saw something that... Also partially buried in the snow, in all fairness. So yeah. what she saw above might not have been the saucery part. Right, it could be below It could have been the just snow. the knobby yeah. part that attaches to the antenna right. that is atop the saucer. Well, yeah, well, that's not really a saucer if half of it's a saucer and half of it's a fucked up thing. Yeah, but to thing. me, that's getting caught up in an unnecessary well, detail. It, it, it's sort of, but sort of not. Because if you say saucer, it, that's a sucking saucer. Yeah, but a saucer doesn't necessarily have to be equilateral at the top you could have lumpy weird ass fuckery on top of something that is essentially two plates put on top of each other which would make it a saucer yeah true true but yeah, again what we don't she know. doesn't say well, exactly yeah, but we don't know i mean so we she can't. also stated too that it spun up and disappeared yes so whatever happens let's say that she comes across this crash in the throughway the these two aliens come out and they 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 dance the pole like you want to do. Dance the pole, and they well, fix whatever. That's what Syracuse is really that's for. That's actually uh, yeah yeah. Lookers. A broken industrial city. Yeah, there you go. Teddy Di- bars, diamond dolls. Tell you what, if you're on the throwaway for, for the last ten years, every night you go on there, it looks like you're in a Steven Spielberg movie. It does because yeah. there's construction and lights constantly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, it's true. But this is, is 58, true. too. Here's what intrigues me. Let's let's put aside what shapes of saucers are and, and what other things could be going on. The fact that these things are so biologically atypical um, makes me think about what we've been hearing in uh, scientific circles for years about tailor-making astronauts for you know intergalactic or even oh, interstellar interesting, voyages interesting what approach. kind of biology would you need like if you're the kind of creature and your only mission really is to make sure this vehicle its maintenance works well and it can you know traverse these distances and whatever else maybe you need to be short and maybe you need to be squat in the back and you be, need right. to be able to move fast on your four legs but you need these little pointy hands at the top like they, they apparently have dexterous four legs mm-hmm. that can grab things, but these two little pointy things so you can get into these specialized nooks. Yeah. The whole fuck all of a biology that this thing is might be highly designed to be specifically what a craft like this needs to function. And yeah. as soon as it goes wrong, you know, Harvey and Bill get sent up to the fucking top <laughs> to fucking deal with the antenna issues or whatever. No, I mean actually that does make sense that uh, that yeah you you would actually bioengineer something uh, to to fit a certain craft or maybe this is just their natural biology and how they're they're shaped. That is also a factor. Which, yeah, I feel like is, the shape isn't a factor. There's something. More I'm that, just saying I'm intrigued it, by it. Yeah, it's right. not a factor in the sighting. It's a factor in that it is so uh, befuddling. They have a really weird appearance. Yeah, like they're dogs. No, with human I can faces. see how if that was. That could stretch into a tardigrade. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely tardigrade elements to it. To oh, me. totally. Except that they're, I think, eight-legged and you yeah. know, have little sphincter faces. Right. Tardigrades are absolutely fascinating. I, I yeah, love they're them. fucked up. The, the, the big round head and basic, I don't know, I horizontal appearance is mm-hmm. what made me think that. But and, and you know, you're right. We have nothing to compare it to. It's but in my in my mind, it's like if this is a typical UFO piloted by you know probe happy grays. Wouldn't it be fascinating? You never get to see the guys that work in the underbelly, the working class, <laughs> yeah. blue collar, this is get this, her done yeah. guys. This oh, is so it's like a class crew, system. Yeah. The grays are like the intelligent hierarchy. It's like well, a hundred they, they games. They always suggest that. They like, rule and then... Grays are always like the, the fundamental short Those grays. are the untouchables. They're, they're the, no, they're the, they're the ones that like do the menial uh, 
you know, medical tasks, while the taller, thinner greys are the yeah. ones that are in charge. Yeah. And the reptilians or the mantises or whatever are the ones that are supervising and conniving all evilly. There's always been like weird hierarchical systems There's a- in these things. Again, I'm just pissed in the wind. Well, There's yeah, a couple of theories point. there because then you get to like, what is it? Is it Dulles or Dulce? Well, what's the, what's the base where all the alien species are supposed to coexist? Oh, and it's the, like yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. problem because the, they're all the assholes plateau. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you can't let the greys eat with the reptilians and the Nordics can't be seen by whoever because they get all jealous and the shit gets oh, weird. And, and Nordics see, and, hate yeah. the Deltic dogs. And, yeah. And now it's a gang war. And, and you then know it what? turns into a whole thing. And even in goddamn space, we can't fucking have harmony with each other. You know? Oh. Why would we have any more harmony in space than because, anywhere else? Because we're because we're, we're traversing the goddamn cosmos. You know what? Okay, that's you, why. You sound like a Star Trek fan. Oh, the well. denier shows up. <laughs> exactly. If you, that's well. what you want in space, come join Chris and I. Yeah. Watch some fucking Discovery. Wow, you want right. the treaty, but you know you want you still treat. want life. You want a treaty, don't you? <laughs> and stabbings and laser fire. Wow, I do enjoy laser swords and uh, stormtroopers of all uh, shapes and sizes. So these fucking so. things are weird. <laughs> these things are genuinely weird to look at. They don't acknowledge, uh, you know, Ms. Collins at all. She's just doing her thing, uh, and and it's it's over practically before it begins. But it just makes for like a fascinating slice of ufological lore that has no precedent. Yeah, and no, and no, no analog as far as I can tell. Yeah, no, no, nope. no, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, again, skeptically speaking, we can look at the at, at the snowstorm. Um, like you said, maybe she pulled over and had like a like a lucid dream or something. But uh, I'm gonna go with that. She actually saw these creatures in this wreckage, and you know, again, my theory. I know this is me, and I got nothing to back this up, but I'm saying Lake Ontario is right there. Reports of a, of USO bases, a couple of them there. It's a possibility. Maybe a couple, two or three. You never know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my fallbacks, oh, which are uh, it took her eight years to talk about this. That's true. That's true. Out of deference to her son, who maybe by the time he was 26 could deal with, I guess, the truth of her, you know, experience, or or at that point just didn't care anymore. Um, so she's not she's not monetizing it. She finally puts out a report in a paper. You know she's not. What benefits are she getting besides you know ridicule and stink eyes at the supermarket yeah, from people really, that want to pick really. on her? It doesn't mean that she wasn't fantasizing or lying. Right. Those are two possibilities that are true. But when you know when someone doesn't have anything obvious to gain and was stewing on it for like the better part of a decade until they're finally like, I just got to get this out. If only because I need to see. This isn't obviously way pre-internet days. See if somebody else ever had an experience like this to see. I mean, you, you can't underestimate the drive people have to have a communal truth. This idea that I can't just live with being the only one that saw something like this. It is haunting me. Right. And things like that, to me, lend at least a smidge of credibility. Not totally. full on veracity, but a smidge of credibility. And again, when it's all said and done. They're called Delta dogs, which is fucking awesome. I mean, they're yeah, not like airline don't. protective dogs. Yeah, I don't know why. They don't. I mean, I guess they're. See, I think of like I think of like a hot dog, like a Delta dog. Oh yeah, that's yeah. another way. Like, like Delta a, Sonic, a, a military term, a fucking yeah, uh, a gas station hot an dog, an airline, a gas station <laughs> fucking hot dog. Yeah, the best. Oh, man. But they don't really look like dogs. Like literally, they no. look like dogs somewhere between mid flank and the first rib. Right. And even then, not really. And if they stand up, they, are they kind of like Goro? No, they don't have enough arms. It'd be like Goro. No, or, <laughs> or, 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 or Kintaro. Jesus. 
Christ. I loved Kentaro. He's my favorite. I cannot wait to draw these fucking things. Oh, I mean, I know. These things are cool. Again, uh, Harry Trumborg, Give the Devil is Due in 96, when I wasn't even thinking about doodling this stuff, uh, did a bang up job. But of course, I, I have to do my version yeah, of it. No, it looks just because I get a kick out of that. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. What do you think? I, just, I, I don't know. It's an old woman on dope. <laughs> oh, the old wow. 50s weed. Yeah. Wow, you just fucking, you just gaslit the entire fucking ufological fucking <laughs> don't, core. Don't be on dope, old people. And elderly people. I mean, you gaslit I, No, I mean, smoke the dope, but, but you know. Yeah, definitely. Smoke dope, old people. I mean, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, it helps with arthritis and just general. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, think, I think yeah. maybe she's also. I don't. That's The, the conditions are so. Yeah, man, it just happened to be in a horrible whiteout. Like, what the fuck? They always like it'd be different if it wasn't. You know what I mean? Then you'd be like, she clearly was seeing. In all fairness, the whiteout broke when she saw the thing, so there was a little break. As as, as uh, it, we've we, again, we've driven through sure. enough blizzards so that you know sure. sometimes it's you stop fucking. You stop being in hyperspace for a heart heartbeat, right. and sure. you can actually see what's going on. Had it been a whiteout. She would not have seen this. She would have just driven past it. True. Yeah. True. But, right. but, yeah. but having said that, I will concede visibility probably blew well hung goat. Yeah. 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 The, the, the visibility the is going to be terrible. I mean, and this is back in 50 something when the throughway was, or 58, when the throughway was just pretty much opened up, wasn't it? Dude, I don't even know. Were there pyramids on either side at that point? I literally have no idea I mean, what it was like. Because just, I mean, like just now with the way that the throughway is set up under constant construction, uh, I mean, there's throughway stops every twenty to thirty miles. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think back then that there oh, no. was. I no. think it was just like open road, like pay. Yeah, your... you could not get your sixteen dollar Big Mac and yeah. your little rest stop. Oh, yeah, and it might have even been sort of new, like because Route Twenty used to be the big highway. That's why it runs all the way east and right. west before right, right. the throughway. Yeah. Yeah. The throughway is newer invention because they yep. realized that, that was a main highway. Yeah. Exactly. See, that's where you guys come in handy. I would never have thought to research the history of the throughway, though that could really lead to some pivotal evidence. You could, yeah. And uh, the fact that I think one of the last times that Chris and I ate on the throughway, I got a Whopper, and it was in fact fourteen dollars because yeah. I got cheese with throughway it. Whopper. Oh! <laughs> throughway fancy. Yeah, pan. I got <laughs> fucked out of cheese. <laughs> Chris got no cheese. I, I got was cheese. so mad. I ordered just a regular Whopper meal with fries and a water, and like it's gonna be fourteen dollars. I'm like, what? And Chris is like, dude, you fucked up. You ordered cheese. I'm like, how's <laughs> cheese gonna be fourteen dollars? That's why you need pocket cheese. You got I know. I wanted the cheese. In. I'll pay for the cheese, and I didn't get the fucking. And Chris cheese. did not get the. The cheese. last time I ate a throughway was the three of us coming back from uh, Scarecon, I think. Oh, a convention that's right. we went oh, to yeah, Jesus. That's right. some years ago now, maybe five oh years God, ago, yeah, maybe a little right. less. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. a little history of the we, New York we, State Thruway. We almost stole uh, Barry Bostwick's Chinese food. Um, yeah, we, we did. We got I, to... Jesus, I know. I forgot about that. got to hang out with... Um, Vernon G. Wells and uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Both of whom were and absolutely John brilliant. Russo, yeah. And John Russo. Of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah they you, were guys, dope. you guys were busy interviewing John Russo, and for some reason I walked by yeah. with my coffee, and I'm yeah, like... Yeah, you're like, hey, I got to go get up? some death... Was it death... No, what was it? I think no, I think it was death. I think it was death, death, wish? death wish coffee. And and Lloyd yeah. Kaufman asked me if he could take a selfie with me, so he could promptly broadcast that he just met Ben Affleck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Dude, Lloyd Kaufman's yeah, you made oh, it. He's awesome. Yeah. You, you made he's it on awesome, Lloyd Kaufman's Instagram. Yeah, he's absolutely. an awesomely yeah. weird dude. He's like, I take a picture. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you could take a picture with me. There you go. <laughs> Which will be part of our sexy calendar. That's a throwback. There, reference. That's a throwback. A couple weeks ago. All right, cool. So there you have it. Uh, Delta Dogs, man. It's uh, it's kind of cool because it's local. It's, yeah. They're definitely a really odd 
described oddly described alien that I don't. I think would say utterly unique. Totally, I can't know yeah. all of them. None of us can, but obviously the three of us have spent a long time reading about these things recreationally, somewhat professionally, and I have never encountered anything that even remotely resembles yeah. these yeah. things. Totally. And I like the fact that they seem also to be animals. Like, I'm implying that they might be repairing the antenna or the periscope or whatever the fuck it is. They they literally could be space dogs out for a walk. Like, you park, they got to they gotta do their little run around the fucking antenna, right. get their exercise. Right. Relieve themselves and then come yeah, back. Yeah, they were they were shitting. Yeah. Maybe they could be they could be. Just they were shitting on the New York shitbag space dogs. They, well, the way it looks now. Yeah, it's true. Aliens, ah. true. aliens have been shitting on it for years. <laughs> In fact, go. I'm I'm airing that's your tax dollars at work, Chris. They're ET go. pet, I think. Oh, there you go. Cool. They're definitely right. pet. Awesome. Right. Not right. that I'm saying everything quadrupedal needs to be owned. I'm not that guy. Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm you're going to get that. us in trouble with PETA. <laughs> I hope you're fucking happy. The PETA people are going to come after us now. I, I'm saying that if Pies you have four legs, over. you don't need to be owned. PETA is going to own us. Yeah. With leashes. But don't they already? Yeah, oh, there you go. All right, so you know what? That is a shorter than usual episode because we're recording this to cover the week that I'm going to be in Florida at Disney World with my family. So well, good, you enjoy. Yeah, no, I, I hope it's it. a small world is worth it. Screwing our audience like this. When this yeah, enjoy uh, your dolls. Yeah, when this comes out, I will more than likely be drinking my face off in the middle of Epcot. So yeah. no, not Epcot. Is Epcot in Florida? Oh Epcot? yeah. Oh my okay, god. Yeah. No, Dude, that's the gate. You I've never, drink at every country. That's the game. Every country, and then you see the world of tomorrow. Okay, cool. circa 1953. Awesome. And you cry because right. you'll never see it. Awesome. So I'll be drunk crying in Disney. Yeah, that's the future I want to be in. But no, how am I going to spend this on my kids? Yeah. Just buy them tickets to ride. I think actually Evelyn Evelyn has like uh, lunch and dinner dates with like different Disney princesses. Oh, hot damn. It's costing Wait, quite a lot of money. I was going to say you can actually in heaven. pay for that now. You can pay to like eat with the Disney princesses, I guess. That oh, sounds man. like an escort service. Are I you sure you're not called, going to Vegas? No, it's, I'm positive we're not going to Vegas because we're going with my mom and my whole family. It's called like the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo or something like that. You're kidding me. I swear okay. to God. Well, buy some merch so we can pay for Mark to keep his house. Yeah, yep. please. Because yeah. he's yeah, going to are, Disney. Because he's definitely so. going to miss a actually, mortgage payment. Now, now, what's funny about this is that we're going to Disney, and the week that we leave for Disney, the week that this comes out, is the week that we begin the uh, construction on the remodel oh, yeah. of my house. See? Oh, good so, Lord in heaven. So this is a, technically a time capsule, because we were recording this in, like, what is it, January uh, yes. 27th. Yes. Is when this is actually recorded. By the time this comes out, so much could have happened. Hopefully, good or positive, good or bad. Could Let's have stay happened. optimistic. Oh my God. <laughs> so many T-shirts available. <laughs> yeah. Listen, guys, help again, us help Mark. We have T-shirts at our Tea Public shop. We recently launched uh, some uh, uh, a two set for thirteen dollars of enamel pins, which, which is, is a fucking steal for a, enamel pins. Yeah, for pins. I've two, designed two pins. pins for like little league baseball teams and other things. They will charge an arm and a leg. Yeah. Thirteen dollars for two. I know I'm 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 shucking for us, but that is a fucking phenomenal deal. Well, dude, I mean these are two. In, the these pins are they're two inches. They're hard enamel. Yeah, they're no joke. Three color, designed by us exactly. for you. Yeah, and they're uh, and yeah. So I mean, we've touched them. We, we have, have all yeah. of us. I'm actually I'm the one mailing them out. As a matter of fact, he licks every one before he sends them out. No, they don't may do have that. been under my DNA. Armpit. I use I use tape. I just tape them. Oh, all right, fair enough. I, I may do. have sniffed a couple. Chris <laughs> may have sniffed a couple, yeah. I need to smell things. I... So, yes, fair Chris enough. is big into smelling things. So, they, <laughs> the enamel pin set, the two for $13, is available in uh, our Big Cartel shop, which is kryptonotpodcast.bigcartel.com. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Uh, as always, T Public. You know, check that out. We got t shirts and everything there. Totes. We got totes there. 
Um, and uh, yeah, there so you have it. That's what we everything. have is Space Pups, Save Mark's House. Yep. Thank you for bearing with our slightly shorter than usual pod, and we'll be seeing you next week. We'll talk we'll to you see soon. It in the spring. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Is is spring going to happen soon? No, not the end of March. Yeah, <sighs> but we're we're over the hump. We will. Are, are we really though? No, I mean it's real. Uh, uh, no, dude. February. I know. Is, I know. No, listen. February is the black I know. abysmal hole. It is the fucking Friedrich Nietzsche of months. Okay. You have to look yeah, into the abyss. You have that. to fucking dig your way through it. <clears throat> but once you're through it, March is a little bit of a mercy. So we'll we'll get there. All right, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye. <laughs>